Happy Wednesday. Good to bring the word to you right now. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. Uh, I've been doing a study in here and uh, just got through the first two verses here. So in a minute, we're going to read them. But let's pray and ask the Lord to bless this time together. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your love for us and your faithfulness to us. I thank you for the word of God. And I pray, Lord, that it would edify us. It would challenge us, stretch us, Lord. And that, Father, after we partake of what you have for us here, Lord, it would bring us closer to you. I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Galatians 5, I'm just going to read 13 and 14 to you. It says this, For you are called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Very short, very powerful, but loaded. I want to talk to you about freedom today. Freedom is a topic that is near and dear to our hearts as Americans. We revel in the freedoms that we have. Verse 13 says, for you were called to freedom, brethren, and that's great news. Thank God that there's freedom in Christ, and there's freedom uh, from our sin, and there's freedom from the crushing yoke of bondage that sin brings. You know, until the cross, everyone was under that yoke of bondage of sin, and uh, from cradle to grave, man was plagued with it. Now, because of Jesus, we're free from sin, and that freedom is a wonderful thing. Uh, we just celebrated Memorial Day, and uh, it was this weekend, and we remembered those who served in our military and paid the ultimate sacrifice by laying their lives down for our freedom. They defend our liberties, and, you know, what a day to reflect on what we enjoy and how others have paid for what we enjoy. Our national freedoms are constantly under attack. They have always been under attack. And they are uh, attacked from those who are within our borders and those who are without our borders. And tyranny is something that, you know, as people who live under freedom, we always have to guard against tyranny. There are those uh, outside our nation that don't hold to our, our values and they want to bring down America. And so there's that threat of tyranny. There are those within our own country that want to bring down America. And so there's that threat of tyranny. So we have to be vigilant on many levels as a nation. Now, freedom isn't free. You know, that's more than just a catchphrase. And, and in Memorial Day, we understand people paid the price for us. So that vigilance that we have to have means, you know, we have to be prepared as a nation to defend our liberties, to defend our freedoms. And I think of all that the military goes through in its recruiting and its training and its preparedness, what it takes to keep our Navy technologically advanced enough to defend our nation. There's so much that, you know, is in play there and our nation stays ready. And if we don't stay ready, our enemies will take advantage of us. So sadly, in this crisis, if it's shown us anything uh, and we're paying attention at all, there are many who have no regard for our Constitution, for our sovereignty as American citizens. They have no regard for the inalienable rights that God has given to us all. We see them abused all across the nations. Much the same way, our freedom in Christ is constantly under attack. You know, we get it about our national freedom. We understand our military, but there's a spiritual battle that takes place and our freedoms in Christ are constantly under attack. The world, the flesh, and the devil, they launch a withering campaign against our liberty, our freedom in Christ. And their desire is to every day to bring every believer down and strip us of our freedom and bring us back into the yoke of bondage. Again, we have to stay vigilant. 
And it's that vigilance that we see in our military preparedness. Spiritually, we have to be just as vigilant in preparing. Otherwise, what happens if we're not? We'll succumb to the tyranny of sin. How sad is it for a person to get free from sin and to be in Christ only to go back? The Bible uses the imagery as a dog returning to its own vomit. Going back to the tyranny of sin once Christ has made us free, what a sad thing, yet many succumb to that. Uh, we have to be careful not to give the devil any place in our lives. You say, well, what place does the devil have in the life of a believer? No place. The only place he belongs is under our feet. And so in every area where we compromise, we create a chink in our own armor for the enemy to exploit that. We have to be careful not to bow to the idols of this world, to the pleasures and the appetites of this world. There are constant pressures. When you think of all of that and, and staying vigilant and maintaining our faith and keeping ourselves from succumbing to sin and the tyranny of sin, uh, it seems like a big fight. And you know what? It really is. It is a, it is a fight every day. And there is a, a war waged against us to take our freedom away from us spiritually. But thankfully, the battle is the Lord's. Thankfully, Jesus already won the fight. He's overcome the world. All we have to do is follow the wise counsel of James 4, 7, and 8. James 4, 7, and 8 says this, Submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So there's the formula for our success. Jesus has won the battle. What do we do? We submit to God. Then what do we do? We resist the devil. Then what will happen? He'll flee from us. So we do have to be vigilant about maintaining our freedoms. Our freedoms as Christians are constantly under attack. But God has given us a battle plan for us to stay safe, and he's won the battle. So these are great things for us to think about here. The second half of verse 13 is a warning. It says, for we were called to freedom, and we've talked about that. But then it continues, it says, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. Now think about that. We know the flesh has that fallen nature, the nature of sin. So he's saying you have freedom in Christ, but be careful. It's a warning. Do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. This is a reminder that all our freedoms and liberties come with a degree of danger because liberty exercised without restraint, listen to that, liberty exercised without restraint will become abused and will eventually become sin. Thomas Jefferson said, I prefer dangerous freedom over peaceful slavery. That's an interesting statement that he makes there, one of our founding fathers. In his wisdom, he realized that liberty was in fact dangerous. To give the common man liberties came with some risks, but he also understood that it was so superior to tyranny that it was always worth the risk. Jefferson understood the value of freedom and the scourge of tyranny. Now, Paul mixes in the spiritual balance for us, and he gives us a balance that makes liberty safe. He says in 1 Corinthians 6, 12, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be made mastered by any. So he's saying, I, I, I'm, I'm free to do what I want, but I'm not going to come to the place where my liberty now makes me a slave to the thing that I had freedom to do. Uh, this isn't a scripture that, you know, we should meditate on because we love our liberties and we love our freedom, but we have to realize, as Jefferson realized, as Paul instructs us, that they come with some risk. A great example of liberties out of balance 
and how our liberties that are not restrained can become dangerous and even sinful can be seen in just examining what a Christian eats and drinks. Now, because we have liberty, a Christian can say, you know, I can eat whatever I want. You know, there's no dietary laws. That was all done away with. You know, there was a vision scene and, you know, don't call what I've called clean, unclean. So, you know, we can eat whatever we want to eat. The scripture says no food is unclean to us and we should, you know, eat what we want to eat and, and receive it with thanks. So, you know, I can eat whatever I want as a Christian. So, okay, now I decide, well, I'm going to eat unhealthy things. I'm going to have bacon with every meal. You can't do that. I'm going to eat shellfish and pork and processed junk food. So I can eat whatever I want, and I eat all of this stuff in excess, and then I become unhealthy. I can eat whatever I want. So I eat sugar all the time, too much sugar, carbs all the time, processed meats full of nitrates. <laughs> I'm stepping on a lot of toes now, I know, but you get the spiritual principle here. I can eat what I want. So my unrestrained liberty leaves me in this condition after I've eaten all of those things in excess that I shouldn't. It leaves me fat, sick, out of shape, and I'm, and I'm in danger of becoming a glutton, which is sin. You see, you see that liberty, I can eat what I want, without restraint, quickly becomes out of balance and quickly becomes sinful. How about what I drink? You know, I can drink whatever I want. I have liberty. So I drink everything but water. You know, our bodies need water, and it's the last thing we want to drink. Most of us walk around completely dehydrated. Our organs are taxed because of this, and we become unhealthy. I can drink whatever I want. So I drink soda and high fructose corn syrup and everything with sugar in it until I become obese. I remember as a young man, I worked for Pepsi, and at the end of the night at the warehouse, they would give us soda to bring home. And I was drinking so much soda, I gained weight. It, it, it was ridiculous. And I thought, wow, I'm getting free stuff. But, you know, in excess, it was destroying my body. We put artificial sweeteners in our body, guaranteed to give us cancer. Oncologists will tell you, don't eat these sweeteners. They're, they're linked to every kind of cancer that, that there is. How about coffee? What's with the coffee, Christians? You know, we get ridiculous with the coffee and these, these energy drinks loaded with massive amounts of caffeine and guarine and all these things that are unhealthful, and they, they become destructive to our body. So, yeah, I can drink what I want. How about alcohol? Yeah, Jesus drank wine. So... The Bible doesn't say that drinking is a sin in and of itself, but drinking in excess becomes drunkenness, and that's forbidden in Scripture. So it's pretty easy for us to see how our liberties out of balance, where there should be balance, when it becomes excess, it becomes sinful. And we need to restrain our liberties. Now, these are just two areas we covered, eating and drinking. What happens when we take this principle and we apply it to all the other areas of our life, to our finances, to the way we handle money? What happens when we apply this principle of liberty and, and balance and restraint to our sexuality, to our pride, to our desire to achieve? How about our relationships? Do you see, quickly, when you begin to apply this principle across the board in every area of our life, it kind of gets a little bit scary that all of our liberties give us a risk of becoming overwhelmed, out of control, and in areas of sin that will really, you know, mess up our relationship with God. Surprisingly, just in these two verses, 
the remedy for these situations becoming sinful and getting out of balance where our liberties and our freedoms lack restraint, the remedy for this is love. Now, you might not have saw, see that coming. You might think, well, it has to be discipline and it has to be structure and oversight and somebody needs to tell us what to do. No, the text is telling us that it's love that will help us to balance our liberties and our freedoms in a way that they won't become sinful. And look what it says here. But through love, serve one another. Verse 14, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. How does love restrain our liberties and our freedoms so that they don't become sinful? Here's how it does. If I love God, I won't use the freedom he's given me in Christ to do things that are hurtful to him. If I love God, I won't take the freedom that Jesus has purchased for me on the cross and do things that hurt Jesus. Do you see, it's our love for God that says, I don't want sin. I don't want excess. I don't want to be out of balance, but I want to be restrained and we submit to the Holy Spirit. So our love for God balances that freedom so that if we don't become unrestrained and sinful. How about our love for our neighbor? You see, when we love our neighbor, and who's our neighbor? It's not just the person on the right and the left and across the street of the block we live on. Our neighbor or all the people around us that we come in contact with. So when I love my neighbor, I don't allow my liberties to become a stumbling block for my neighbor's soul. If I'm doing things that stumble my neighbor, that make them, you know, think less of God or think less of Christianity or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm using these liberties that are offensive. The Bible talks about eating meat and drinking wine and that we should restrain ourselves rather than to make our brothers and sisters stumble, rather than make our neighbor stumble. So it's my love of my neighbor that says, yeah, I'm free. I have liberty. But, you know, I'm going to restrain myself for their sake, so that they are not offended and driven away from Christ. You know, even our love for ourselves. you know, I know we love Jesus, we love God. God made us unique, and we have to love ourselves to some degree. You can't be self-loathing and serve God properly. So the love of self, usually this is the one we have the least amount of problem with because we get out of balance with it. But if I love myself, I don't let my liberties defile my body. You know, I've, I've seen some people bring back a, a plate of food and somebody says, man, have some respect for your body. You know, the things we put in our bodies, if I, if I love myself, why? Because I'm created in the image of God. My body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes, I can eat and drink whatever I want, but you know what? My body needs to be fit for service so that I'm useful to Jesus, amen? I've got kingdom things to do, and I don't need 20, 30, 40 pounds of extra baggage weighing me down, amen? So it's love that restrains our liberties and keeps them from becoming out of balance and sinful. Enjoy the freedoms you have in Christ. Jesus gave them to us for us to be thankful for them and to enjoy them. Enjoy your liberties. Enjoy them in the context of love. And don't let yourself get out of balance. You know, there are so many gifts that God has given us. There are so many things for us to enjoy. But yet, we must worship Him and love Him and make Him number one in our lives. Freedom is a wonderful thing. Freedom is never free. Jesus paid the price for our freedom. Let's not let our freedoms get out of balance so that become a stumbling block for us and others. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed this. We're going to spend more time uh, when we get together again in Galatians 5 here. There's so much more in this uh, little text here. I was only able to cover two verses, but I hope that uh, this has challenged you and making you think a little bit. Yeah, we're free. We can do what we want, but you know what? We have to restrain ourselves 
in love so that we don't go into an area where sin takes a grip on us and we lose the liberty in Christ that set us free. Amen. God bless you. Continue to listen to these messages. Uh, please share these messages, you know, and us being kingdom people and reaching others. You know, maybe you don't go knocking on doors or you're a little shy in front of people. All you have to do is hit the share button and, and put this out there and let the Holy Spirit do what he does. It's a great opportunity to witness and to touch people. Uh, spread the word around. Uh, we love you. We're, uh, stay tuned to fgcweb.org. We're going to have another parking lot service this Sunday. Our last one was glorious. We're believing God to, uh, you know, just do awesome things on Sunday. So uh, you'll be getting phone calls. We're expecting you there. We're going to have one great service at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning, and I look forward to seeing you there. God bless you.